You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary, sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here in The Happy Hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Enrico with you as always, 402 464 Five six eight five, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Starter Heyman Text Line. Both those continue to be open for you guys the entire day today. We're about seven days away from Nebraska and Northwestern and Ireland. We will hear from Scott Frost on Sunday before the team leaves for Dublin. So uh, before we do, though, we'll talk to our Friday guest, Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska, joins us. Hello, Zach. How's it going? Oh, you know, going through a move half down here, halfway across the country, and. <laughs> My brain's fried, like I was telling you. It's uh, yeah. It's been it's been literally a move, um, but it's been hectic. But now, what a week, ten days away from the start of the season. I think we just need to play this play this game so I can get the the whole transition off my mind. I, I was gonna say how I've so obviously you're not fully moved in. How much more do you have? I was actually it's funny. I was just at Walgreens. I'm. Uh, in a parking garage right now doing this interview because I just had to go pick up some stuff there and the cashier was asking me. I was like, I think I'm like 80% of the way done. Like 80, 85 mm-hmm. is like an optimistic number. So I'm that close. I'm like inching closer. And I think by the end of the weekend, I'll be I'll be completely settled and then I'll actually be able to take a breath because I feel like I haven't taken a breath since last Wednesday, like 10 days yeah. ago. Since eight AM, where it's just been a hundred miles an hour during this whole transition, but it's so it's almost there. We're we're inching toward the finish line. Zach, when are you gonna come into the studio and bring Kemba with you? Uh, next Friday. Well, no, not next Friday, but maybe the <laughs> Friday after. Right. So um, might might be able to might be able to swing it in a couple weeks. Not when I'm in Ireland. I was gonna no. say, are um, you are you going to Ireland? Oh yeah. So yeah. when do you leave? Yeah. Uh, I leave Tuesday. I leave okay. Tuesday. I might adjust my flight to Monday night, but um, if I can. But Tuesday is when my flight set. Not looking forward to a twelve to fourteen hour flight, but yeah. um, well, it'll be all right. Uh, we're, we're talking to Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska here. He, he's joining us every Friday. And I, I, I have a question about Ohio State before we before we dive fully into Nebraska. I'm always curious, like, Nebraska has a lot of media availabilities, right? We, we get to hear from assistants and players sometimes two, sometimes three times a week. What, what was it like at Ohio State? Because I know at other Big Ten institutions like Northwestern has only had one press conference all offs or all fall camp. So, like, what was it like at, at Ohio State? Yeah, so during the, uh, during the fall, like for game weeks, it was um, Ryan Day speaking. When I was there, the uh, the three seasons I covered them, it was Ryan Day speaking on Tuesday, followed by at least one assistant, whether that's an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, or position coach, and always one assistant, sometimes two, uh, and then when Justin Fields was there, Fields would take the podium every Tuesday after day and after the assistance. Um, and then usually it would, so it was usually day, a coach, and then um, like three, four players uh, taking the podium, like a traditional press conference setting. And then Wednesdays was all players at mm-hmm. like um, these tables set up on the indoor practice facility. And that was more like little 
many media scrums, kind of like how Nebraska does it, um, each with their with their press conferences. And then Thursday was a lightning round with Day, where he just spoke for like ten minutes or so to uh, have one more preview. Um, but yeah, the position coaches were available all season, even though we'd probably only get them once or twice a year during the season. But um, and then we had more traditional press conference style uh, as opposed to Nebraska's sort of. It's funny, like, I like the traditional press conference setup because it makes it easier to um, do, like, live tweet stuff or mm-hmm. photos, videos, message board stuff and um, write stories quicker. Uh, but I also, at the same time, I like Nebraska's setup because it makes the interviews sometimes more conversational than, um, like, stiff and more like an actual press conference. So there's good and bad to both. Yeah. We're, once again, we're joined by Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska here. Okay, so a couple comments Scott Frost made on the radio. Let's go ahead and start with the big one. Um, he names Casey Thompson as the starter. And I guess what's more fascinating about this to me is you want to have you want to hold a guy accountable while still being patient, especially when you're kind of transitioning with a new offense entirely and you're also overseas. So, like, how fine of a line is there for Nebraska's coaching staff to kind of make a decision on if there would be a change to be made down the road. Like, let's hope we don't even have to address it. But, I mean, how fine is that line, and how quick do you think this staff would be to, to make changes, not only at the quarterback position, I suppose, but across the, the whole team? Well, I kind of think it's in a, they're in a pretty precarious position this season because we all know what's riding on it. We all mm-hmm. know that's a make-or-break year for, for Scott Frost and this, I mean, this entire program. Um, so I think there's the pressure. There might be some pressure there, but so you have to, like you said, it's kind of a fine line where you have to balance. Like we know how important and impactful this season can be for everyone here, but also the future of this thing. Um, and it all starts with that. It all starts with his running the show as the quarterback. So, but at the same time, you have to give him confidence. You have to like allow him to to make mistakes and. Um, if he needs to take some take some risks to open up some of the big plays that Whipple might be trying to run in his offense. So, uh, like I said, it's a fine line, and especially this first game coming up. I go back to C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. He's coming in last year um, before the, the Minnesota game, and then he has one bad half in his first college start on the road in wet conditions, and one bad start, and – so much of the, the Ohio State fan base is ready to just like feed him to the wolves. Like mm-hmm. CJ's not the guy. Like is put in, put him McCord, put in Kyle McCord, all this, and it's like he—that's his first half starting a college football game. Can we give him a game? Like, can we calm down a little bit? Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not saying I envision a scenario where that happens with um, with Casey Thompson, but. Sorry, there's construction going on where I'm no, at. So that's I, all right. I, that's fine. Don't worry about it. I, okay, I don't know if you guys can hear that in the background, but um, yeah, it's like, like I said, kind of have to give them some confidence while also realizing that hey, there's a lot riding here. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind of my thoughts on it. Keeping it on the offensive side of the ball, uh, so he named a starting quarterback. We're still waiting to see if we ever get a starting running back named but keeping it on that running back position uh we spoke with Ramir Johnson and he said that he is you know kind of at running back kind of at wide receiver more of a 
wide back is is what he called himself. Uh, and, and for us here at Nebraska these last couple of years, it, it seems as if it's the birth of the or the rebirth of the duck R position that was so uh, sought after uh, after their their time at Oregon with the DeAnthony Thomas. Um, what do you what do you see uh, Ramir Johnson contributing to this offense? Yeah, that's what was interesting was he, he mentioned Tavon Austin, DeAnthony Thomas, even I think Christian McCaffrey is some of the guys that he uh, that he watched film of and like that he's sort of like tried to draw some things into his own game from those guys. So the DeAnthony Thomas, uh, Thomas, the fact that you watched him is kind of uh, opens up some good narrative stories about how uh, he could be used in a similar fashion. Um, I know Steve... Steve Marek, our staff writer at Inside Nebraska, has been doing an awesome job uh, over the past month, and he wrote up a super in-depth piece about Ramir Johnson, how he could be used. Um, and Whipple, Mark Whipple has compared his, his skill set or sort of the way that they could use him uh, a couple times this offseason to Brian Westbrook when Whipple was coaching him with the Eagles. So I think that um, – I think the screen game was was a huge part of the Eagles' offense with Westbrook at, as the running back and um, being used as that pass catching and getting him in space type of runner. So I think we could see the screen game open up a little bit more. Could see some wheel routes and some quick passes to him. But I mean, he's a dangerous weapon and he's going to get time on special teams too. He's Ramey Johnson going to get a lot of snaps because of how how highly thought of he is by that coaching staff and just by the entire program in general. Zach, in your mind, this has been kind of a topic that we've discussed across various shows today, and it's going to be kind of a general question. I want to see where you kind of run with it. Does Nebraska have good depth? Um, overall or at which position? Overall. Overall. Do they have good depth that you feel confident in a lot of positions about? I mean, not really outside of the receivers and running backs. Interesting. Um, because, I mean, at corner, you have those four or five guys. Or uh, at, at defensive back, I mean, um, you got four to five guys that you feel, like, pretty confident in. Linebacker, you know you have two. And then um, uh, Clements, he seems like he's coming along that uh, that he could be a serviceable or a, uh, a good backup to, to Reimer and, and Heinrich. Um, but the defensive line you got three guys on the interior like maybe one or two that you feel good about but three three guys there and then edge you feel really good about with the the guys they have there but um offensive line they said they have six or i think seven or eight is what mm-hmm. whipple said they feel confident in. i'm not as confident in that um running back and receiver i think they're they have depth and then quarterback you have two guys i think that uh yeah, one guy that you feel really confident in, another guy um, or two with, with Smothers and Purdy that I know the staff says that they feel confident that they can be a functional offense with those guys. Um, so certain positions I think you have depth, but I don't know about overall. Yeah. We're, we're, we're joined by Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska. Last one before we let you go in and let you finish up moving and, and getting your life in order here in Lincoln. Um, I, I guess getting my life in order is a really good way to Yeah, just getting your life in order, getting everything kind of – getting your bleep figured out, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Just uh, – we'll, we'll probably ask the same question next Friday when we talk to you right before – oh, maybe if we talk to you in Ireland, who knows, um, is who takes the first carry from the running back position? I'll just go Anthony Grant. Okay, I mean, he's he's the one who 
we are told was emerging as the as the RB one. So um, I'm maybe betting on the favorite there, but yeah. I mean, hey, like, like Applewhite making a horse racing comparison. Nothing wrong with betting on the favorite the Kentucky Derby, right? That, that's a good yeah. point. Okay, okay, Zach. Actually, sorry, I, I lied. We're gonna ask you one more. Well, uh, I saw. Lied. That's crazy. I know. So well, I, one one last last question. Yeah, exactly. Journalistic technique. Hey, hey, you know, just question. just keep you just <laughs> hang you on, just keep you hanging on, just not letting you go. Um, so at Ohio State, Quinn Ewers was there. He was named the starting quarterback earlier today by Texas because obviously he transferred from Ohio State. What was that whole situation like with Quinn Ewers at at Ohio State? Like, did you ever get to see him practice? Like, what is he as good as people think he is? Oh man, I would love to be able to share everything. <laughs> I know, but I, can't. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was interesting seeing him at the opening before he came on. Uh, he he didn't perform well at all. Like, I think he was kind of just going through the motions. Like, mm. he he wasn't like a quarterback who like enjoyed. He wasn't a guy who enjoyed doing those competitive settings. So that was like, for me personally, and my uh, my coworker at the time is eh, like. It doesn't look like he's he was rated the perfect uh he had a perfect rating five star like um one of six or seven quarterbacks or uh players ever to be ranked as a perfect prospect by the mm-hmm. recruiting services and it's like oh well he's maybe a little a little more to be desired there and then he comes on and there are some people who just immediately think Kyle McCord's gonna transfer it's like do you know do you realize who these these kids are, they're not going to transfer just because another five-star quarterback comes in. Like they're competitive as hell. Like he's, he's not going anywhere. He's going to want to compete. He, they all think that they're better than each other and they're, they're good friends in the quarterback room. But, um, so then McCord, McCord, obviously a veteran or uh, not a veteran, but he had a year up on, uh, on yours. And they, I mean, I think that situation played itself out to where, Ewers was not going to be guaranteed anything at Ohio State. He wasn't going to be guaranteed a spot on the depth chart, um, high or low at the depth chart. He wasn't going to be guaranteed snaps or playing time and then transfer to Texas. And I think, I mean, he has, he has a legit arm. He has extremely explosive. He has this, like, he has this zip on the ball where it looks like, to the naked eye, it looks like it speeds up on the last half of the throw. Like, and that just doesn't happen. It's very rare. And you could throw it out of those Mahomes arm slots, like sidearm and three quarters, and it's just like this effortless throw. He can absolutely sling it. It's the footwork where he needs to improve. That was always the rub on him of, yeah, he has the arm, he has all this stuff, like, but can he can he develop that footwork? And that's just as important, if not more so, than than having an explosive arm because at this level, like most most players do have do have a really strong arm so i think he's that he's got great potential um he could be he could be, wind up being a dude at texas but um well I'm, I'm waiting to see it yeah it was just it was just awkward kind of how the whole situation kind of unfolded at texas because it seemed like yeah. hudson card was going to be the starter actually as of two days ago and then bam they come out surprise steve skirkesian makes the announcement that quinn ewers is qb1 yeah, so I, I, w- I was not i was not confident that ewers was going to win this like I, I, I thought Hudson Card. I, I didn't yeah. know who would win. I didn't have like a bet down or anything. But yeah. 
I wasn't completely sold that yours was going to wind up winning the job. So yeah, speaking of bets, I'm heading to the uh, casinos tomorrow to put some uh, futures bets down. Is there anything Ohio State like C.J. Stroud to win the Heisman? Is that a safe one? You think? So honestly, I've been saying this. I've been saying this for months, and I've this is going to be the first time I think I've ever gone on record. Okay. I I this is the first time. Since I started covering Ohio State in September 2019, where I genuinely believe that Ohio State's going to win the national championship. See, I, I said actually, that yesterday, I've Zach. Never, I've, I don't think I've ever picked them to win the national championship like yep. in the preseason. And this, so this is the first time I'm doing it. So I think I'm, I think going on your show right now is the first time where I've actually said it uh, in, we, in, on a public setting. We, wow. we, we bring the scoops. We bring the information. And if I wouldn't have held you on and asked one more last yep. question, one we would have never – would have never found out. One more so. question for now. I'm just kidding. Nah, so. All right, Zach, we'll let you go. Get your life in order, and uh, we'll t- definitely talk to you soon here. All right, I'm bringing Kemba into the studio to get you guys a beer next time, I, yes. next time we can. Perfect. Can't Sounds wait. good. That, that looks good. We'll look forward to it. Talk to you later. All right, thank you. That is Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska. Yeah, his, his dog, Kemba, can retrieve beers from the fridge. He posted First a video off, on Twitter. Great name. Yeah. Secondly, great talent. Great talent. Thirdly, very cute dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, okay, there you heard it first for somebody that used to cover Ohio State on a daily basis. National champions. Rico, I, I, I no, think we're going to talk about this. I still don't believe We're going to talk about this. We'll bring Nathan in. We'll bring C.F. Strix here. If he not, is. he is. Okay, okay, perfect. We'll bring Nate and Strick in. Talk about some futures bets. You guys let us know. 402-464-5685. We'll be right back. We'll wrap up Friday's show and the last show before game week. <laughs> Coming up next on the Happy Hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.